good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. Hope all of you are well and safe out there. And in this episode, I'm sitting and talk to somebody who that's a good friend, hopefully a good friend of the show now and in the future. I'm talking to Joe Madden of Joe Madden Sports. And how are you, Joe? I'm doing great today. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing great. We talked a little bit earlier about the weather differential. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, some cold up here in Canada. Let's just <laughs> say that 57 Celsius or Fahrenheit I worked out it is, which is 14 Celsius. It is not warm at all. Yeah, and then and then I'm like I'm here in Florida and let's let's just say I'm in I'm in the house. So let's like I go out unless I it's it's a necessity. But so thank you so much for coming on today, Joe. And before we dive into all things Florida, uh, tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself. Well, I've started in the sports betting um, industry maybe three, four years ago. I've been betting forever, though. I started off betting with all of my friends, realized I was a lot better than all of my guy friends, and they all wanted my bets. So I actually started that way and I haven't looked back. I love this industry. I love talking sports, everything about it. Football is absolutely my favorite though. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, before we got started with the weather, we were talking about, we were talking about football before we even got started. So yeah, we were. And we <laughs> this whole interview could have been missed just by us forgetting to me. So, so that's how much she likes. And she's, she's very good at it, folks. So check her out, social media at Joe Mad Sports. Twitter and Instagram, and we'll get to a little bit more as we progress on. But like I promised, all things Florida today, and we'll start on the the collegiate level, and we're going to talk about the the Seminoles who lost their great coach, Bobby Bowden, over the weekend. And and talking about the team, you know, they were three and six last year. It was it was COVID, COVID year for everybody, for, for all sports. Three and six, they went two and six in the ACC last year. And but I feel, Joe, that there's a little bit of upside. Now, I, I'm not going to say like they're going to win the ACC. I'm not going to I don't, don't want to put similar fans like I want to give them that like, oh, no, they're plus thirty three hundred to win that. So that would be pretty impressive if they did. Oh, yeah. Like I saw the odds <laughs> and I'm like, if, if I were laying down something on the Seminoles, but mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I'm like, ah, I don't know. But but they're returning 10 of 11 starters on offense, 7 of 11 on defense. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Joe. Uh, what are some of your thoughts going, of FSU going into this season? You know what? When we look at this team, they do have a good offensive side on the ball, but their defense just isn't stepping up. Um, they have added Johnson and Thomas and picked up three defensive backs. So I'm looking for improvements on their defense, but – I don't know if they're going to have it this year on the defensive side of the ball. And that's going to be what it comes down to if this team can drive defensively. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree in that, you know, in that regard, because like just a little like last year, they lost five games by 16 points or more. Yeah. But yeah, this is the same team that beat a very good UNC team. So it's like you didn't know what team you were getting last year, but they beat a very, very good Mac Brown led UNC team. And then t- to me, I look at this in one of the interesting matchups that I, I see for FSU is that, you know, getting McKenzie Milton transfer from UCF coming in, you know, and it, I don't know if it's going to be a quarterback battle between redshirt, sophomore, Jordan Travis, but it's interesting to me because like you said, I, I offensively, I, I, I think they're going to be very good offensively, but it just felt like the defense, they really went to that transfer portal and they really had to go get some guys. Like you said, Johnson, I believe, the transfer from Georgia. Yeah. They, they really had to go in and get guys. And, like, bringing – and like in terms of – they're bringing back, according to ESPN, like 84% offensive production. So they're not terrible. And that's no. 25th in the nation. But, but, but moving forward, I guess, how do you see FSU – how do you see their season playing out? Well, I still have questions at who is going to be the quarterback in this. Um, I'm not really sure which way they're going to go. I think that's really going to depend a lot, too, on the offensive side of the ball, um, which quarterback they go with. They might just, you know, try both out and see how they do. Um, but again, it's just that defense that 
is my biggest question mark. And if they can jive, I think they're going to do better on the season. They have a win um, total of five and a half this year. So they're expecting them to do better than last. Like you said, last year, they went three and six. So I could see them hitting that over five and a half, winning maybe seven games, but I'm not expecting, expecting them to be top of the pack at all. Yeah, you know, I saw the over-under and, you know, I, I, I'll take the over because I think six, seven wins is good for me mm-hmm. because I think, like I say, that defense and the way they play, that to me is the way they it, it stuck out. And like I mentioned earlier, they had to go into the portal and get guys because, like, defensively they were not great. Yeah. And and going in and looking at the quarterback situation, Mackenzie Milton, you know, transfer from UCF versus Jordan Travis. If I were Mike Norvell, I would I would lean toward McKenzie because of, of the experience. But Jordan Travis being, I, I think like you, I can see a situation where both get time. Now, mm-hmm. as, as far as who gets more, that's that's out of my that's out of, out of my, my, my price range there. <laughs> but but I think that's a battle to definitely look out for in that regard. So so now shifting from another team in the ACC, Miami, and M- Miami last year, you always hear that, well, the U is back, the U isn't going to be back. It's all, I, it's all I hear. Yeah. But, you know, they went eight and three last year, seven and two in the ACC. Listen, they were, they were a top three team in the ACC last year, and they're bringing back everybody on offense. And on defense, only two players are going to be brand new. So, yeah. so they're bringing back a lot of talent. So, so initially, uh, some of your initial thoughts on the Hurricanes going into this year. Okay, well, King has to stay healthy. He can't have knee issues because if he does, this team is in big trouble. But when we look at this, their first game is against Bama. They are plus 18 and a half um, on the spread for this one. They're getting that many points. I don't know. I, I'm looking for them to have a decent season. They have an improved O-line that we saw last year. Um, and I like Nelson. Um, I think Nelson is great on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I don't know. It, it all comes down to King. That's what I look at this team. If he goes out, I'm not even sure who their backup quarterback is. Yeah. You know, me either. And, and yeah. if you look at Derek King last year, listen, 64% completion, 2,700 yards passing. He had almost a five to almost a five to one touchdown to interception ratio mm-hmm. last year. It feels like he turned a very, very big corner last year. This year, I think if, like you say, Derek King has to be healthy. And as great as this defense is under Manny Diaz, like with safety, like Bubba yeah. Bolden, D, you know, DJ Ivy, the tra- another Georgia transfer corner, you know, Stevenson. Like yeah. defensively, they're great, even though they lost Jalen Phillips. And, you know, so to me, it revolves around De'Ara King because yeah. when you look at the ACC, like the gap is not what it used to be in my opinion, where especially no Trevor Lawrence, you look at, now you look mm-hmm. at the gap between Clemson and everybody else has gotten a little bit closer. And and I feel that Miami could turn a corner. Listen, this is an eight-win team, and they're bringing back everybody. So yeah. they could turn a big corner to me. So how many, how many wins do you see them having this year? You know what? I didn't even look up their win-loss total on this team, Um, but I think they're going to do fairly decent as long as King stays healthy. Um, I love the O-line protection that he has, so I think that they can win quite a few. Um, I'd probably be looking around nine wins for this team. Yeah, nine wins sounds about right because two big games, you know, you mentioned Alabama. That's out of the gate. That's a big game. Like, that is the it, worst game to start out with. Like, who gave them Bama to start? Like, that's just a confident, confidence deflator right there. Yeah, because like I say, if you know, look at the spread and you're like, could they even cover that? It's like you look at it and go, like, Bama's Bama's Bama. Like, yeah. they they always find a way to reload. And then to me, another game that's interesting to me is UNC because I want to see, I want to see Howell versus King. I want to see that quarterback matchup. And they have to go to Chapel Hill for that. And I think that game 
could be a huge determining factor mm-hmm. in ACC if if Clemson were to slip. I'm not trying to curse the people of Clemson, but that's an interesting <laughs> game because, like I mentioned, that gap between Clemson and everybody else has gotten a little bit, a little bit closer. Oh, absolutely! It has with Trevor Lawrence moving to the NFL. Yeah, and and it's interesting. Like I say, when that was Miami. Miami had the shot. To me, they have well, probably the, they have the second best quarterback mm-hmm. behind how you know and Derek King. They have okay. a great defense. It's like Manny Diaz. This this I think there's there's pressure on them to win nine, potentially ten games. Yeah, you know, so because like I say, there to me they could possibly end up being the second best team in this in this conference at season's end. And and speaking of switching from the ACC to the SEC, you know, and I have to say full discretion. Yeah, I, I'm a Gators fan. I, I'll I'll put it out there. I I was I was like, no, you're going to be a professional. You're not going to mention it. But no, I I have to for the sake of, you know, discretion. You absolutely have to, right? <laughs> we can hear you're biased. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it, if you hear, and, and this is a disclaimer. If yeah. you hear that, I maybe like just just put that put that in your cap. But but looking back at the Gators, and and I'll be the first one to admit it. This is this is rebuild. Yeah. Is that it's it's a reload? Only five guys coming back offensively, four on defense. The defense was not that great last year either, but they did go eight and four, eight and two. They were the runner-ups to that Alabama game, that which we won't talk about. But yeah, don't talk about that Bama game. Yeah, well, oh, trust me, <laughs> trust me. I, I I don't like the highlights. No, I'm I'm good. I'm great. I yeah, I'm I'm good. I once is enough. <laughs> Once is enough. So, so, um, so Joe, I like the Gators. I'm going to say right away. I like the Gators. I like their coach, strong offensive minded coach. Um, when we look at their, their defense, we got a great front seven. Um, they do need improvement though against the run. Um, I think they struggle in that regards. And I think if they build on that defensively to stop that run, I think they'll have a really good year. Yeah, because this year it's interesting because you can look at it one of two ways. We lost obviously Kyle Pitts. You know, he went to he went to my mm-hmm. Falcons. You know, listen, I, I didn't make a call on that, but I maybe I told Atlanta about him. You know, Kyle Trask is not there. So you have Emory Jones, who who's been there, he's been there a while, three years, you know, one of Dan Mullen's earliest, you know, recruit recruitment classes. And it feels like to me, Joe, is that the key The key to me is the defense. I, you know, they don't have to be the best defense in the SEC. But in order to kind of get to that next level, because I believe in Dan Mullen, I believe what he can do offensively. Because mm-hmm. I, I, as I've explained in the past, I say this is the same guy. He, he, he when he was at Mississippi State, he coached Dak Prescott. Yeah. I know he can coach quarterbacks. Like you, you don't, I think it's something you don't have to be sold on when it comes to Mullen. So I know he understands quarterbacks, but to me, Joe, the question is going to be defense. It's going to be what Todd Grantham's going to do. Mm-hmm. And when you talked about defense, it's just a couple of key pieces on that defense. Like you got, you got Brady Cox, the linebacker, you got Trey Dean and, you know, so well, I think you guys have one of the best cornerbacks in Elam. Is that how I pronounce yeah, his yeah. name? Mm-hmm. Elam. I think he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the whole league right now. Cornerbacks, not quarterbacks. Cornerbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we talk about quarterbacks a lot on here too. So it's, it's <laughs> so it's easy. It's easy. You know, yeah. so how do you see UFs? How do you see the Gators season playing out? They're going to have a good season. They absolutely are. So um, Jones will be your quarterback now, right? And he was a backup quarterback before. He has elite speed. Um, With this offensive side, they're going to do fantastic. I believe in their front seven. I think it's going to be for their defensive side. I think it's going to be a great season. I really do. Yeah. I I hold the same level of optimism. Even though we play Alabama, I still hold the optimism. Because I trust Dan Mullen. And I think coaching, I think you can't underestimate the importance of coaching. I think Dan Mullen, he, he looks in there, listen, five, you know, five guys are coming back offensively. Yeah. So you have to find how to replace the production. Because essentially your offense is now in a negative production kind of status because you lost Trask and you lost 
Kyle Pitts. That was a huge chunk of your production. So now you have to find a way to replace it, but he knows how to coach offense. And this year, the bigger challenge is uh, offense coordinator Brian Johnson. He went to the uh, to the Eagles, and now it's a co-offensive coordinator between Billy Gonzalez and John Irvesey. So it's going to be new on a lot of fronts. But I do hold optimism, not just because I'm a fan, but because I believe in, I, in Dan Mullen, and I believe in the system, and I think he can get it done. Because Emory Jones showed flashes of how good he can be. Yeah, in the in the absolutely. in the spot in the spot that he did show up in last year. So, so now speaking of, I mentioned Kyle Pitts. So speaking of Pitts, who's in the NFL, we'll transition to the NFL, and we'll and we'll talk about the the Dolphins first because, t- to me, Joe, I believe that the biggest question mark surrounding this team, yeah, is is, is Tua. I, oh, I, I, for sure it is. That's exactly what this team is going to come down to: how Tua performs this year. And, and, and so with, with that, uh, Joe, give me some of your thoughts on, on, on the Miami Dolphins. Oh, it's the Dolphins. Come on, they're plus 340 to win their division. Um, great head coach. we got a win total of nine on this team. She was going to be the question mark on the offensive side of the ball. We have um, on defense, we've got Howard. He is like key to run that defense. They've got the most reliable kicker in all of the NFL, in my opinion, in um, Sanders. Uh, he got 36 of 39 field goals last year. Like, he is so dependable. He's won them so much. Um, but they've got a hard schedule coming week three. So when we look at week three, they go on the road. They face the Raiders, which will be a hard game for them. And then the Colts in the box, um, week four and five. So, you know, I think... They got a win total of nine over that is minus 148 under is plus 120. Again, this comes down to Tua. Tua can get the job done in the second year, which God, how many times did he get picked last year when we put him in? That scares me. And when we look at Miami, they haven't hit the playoffs. They've won since Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. So is Tua the guy that's going to get them there? That's the biggest question mark ever. You know, you know, Joe, you hit the nail on the head. Post Dan Marino, they're looking for the next Dan Marino, and you're not gonna like it's. It's one of you those. Can't things. replace Dan Marino. You, you Dan can't. Marino, right? It's Dan Marino. It's like you yeah. can't replace him. And and when you look at when I look at the Dolphins, I I like Flores. I like the intensity. I like what he's what he's brought to this team, especially defensively. And sometimes numbers can be deceiving, in my opinion. But the defense, to me. Because they went ten and six last year, so when I hear the nine win total, I I I would take the over, you know. But I, but okay, they went ten and six, but with Fitzpatrick to start the season, and he comes out so strong, he got them those strong wins, and I totally disagree what they did to him last year too, yanking him and putting Tua in. I thought that was an absolute joke. Yeah, I, I, I didn't agree with it, and and I think. What we're seeing with the Dolphins, in my opinion, is that, you know, I think to a sample size, he's a, he's it's nine games he started. Mm-hmm. I think what Dolphins fans want, they just they want a quarterback. And listen, and like I said, it's the whole Dan Marino thing. But I also believe that, listen, having Fitzpatrick there was the buffer. I think it was the buffer to get them to, to two 10 wins. But. I think this year they're committed because if you look at the draft, they had opportunities. They had an opportunity to get Justin Fields. Yeah. They had an opportunity to get a – it's not like, oh, well, they didn't. Like, No, then, they totally passed on him, and I think he was the best quarterback out of the draft this year. But that's my own bias because I <laughs> am Ohio State girl. So, so and, and, and to me, I, I had Justin Fields just slightly – I had him at a high second behind Trevor Lawrence. You know, to me, Miami, a lot of teams passed on Justin Fields, but Miami is one of those teams where that could have been a possibility. And and they passed on him. And then you heard all this, Deshaun, whoa, Deshaun wants to talk. To me, it's about giving two of the chance. And they they did that in this draft. They went out and drafted Jalen Waddle. Yeah. So, and they went out 
and they kind of built, they're building, they're building around it. And I think Brian Flores will, like, will, will probably tell you is that, you know, we, ha- we have to have trust in Tua. I mean, we drafted, we just, we just drafted him last year. It's not like, totally. so we're entering year two, and this is probably the full, a, a full year of him actually starting. And to me, like last year, they were 22nd in offense, 20th in defense, but they, they had 18 interceptions, 10 of those belonging to Xavier Howard. So I like their secondary, and they went out and they drafted Javon Holland from Oregon. So they got, like their secondary is pretty good. But like I said, the question mark is always going to be Tua. And I, and I understand if you're a Dolphins fan, like if Tua can be the guy that we saw at Alabama, if he can be that mm-hmm. guy, this this team could be one of those teams that kind of sneaks up on people. Oh, and, absolutely. And when you gave when you gave that the win, you know, the total of nine, I I, I say take the over because I look at the AFC East and I go, you know, the Jets rebuild. Yeah. I think New England, I as much as you know, they splurged in the offseason, how my Cam Newton. It's like I, I, I and, and I'll just say this about Cam Newton before we transition is that yeah. I kept trying to tell people for years about Cam Newton is, is that I know he's talented. You don't have to sell me on the talent. But what I told people is that he can't throw 60 percent, a complete percentage in the NFL. I said in some I think in the his he played nine years and less than half of that. He has to throw under 60. It's like that's a concern. Like, uh, like, Absolutely. I lost faith in Cam Newton. I completely did. I'm not looking for a big year for the Patriots either. So I think this division comes down to, you know, the Bills and the Dolphins, right? They're going to be up against each other fighting for the first uh, spot. And I don't know. Josh Allen is so strong. Yeah, because, and, you know, when you know Josh Allen got getting the big contract, you know, mm-hmm. when you look at they're committed to Josh Allen and Buffalo is, to me, the Dolphins are still the second best team because people say, well, what about New England? I'm like, folks, you have to understand it starts at the quarterback position. And at some point I listen, I'm not an anti Cam Newton guy, but I I was, I was very clear on the podcast. I'll be very clear again. When I say, if you can't complete 60% of your path, that's just like the bare minimum for NFL starting quarterback elite guys. We're talking Rogers and Brady. And when when Brees was in the league, we're talking 65%. We're talking elite guys throw, you know, Drew Brees set the record uh, a couple years ago, throwing 70%. Yeah. Like you have to be, you have to be at least 65 to be in that sort of elite. And I'm like, Cam Newton can't even break 60, but people keep telling me he's a great quarterback. And I don't, oh, well, his wide receiving core, that's not an excuse to me. Because teams who, quarterbacks on bad teams can throw 65, it's just... You know, so I, so I'm, I'm with you. Is that I'm not, I'm not saying sell your Cam Newton stuff. Like, is, is there yeah. a chance that he could sneak? Up? Yeah, absolutely. But it's well, just especially a under Belichick, right? Belichick, I think, is the goat of all coaches, um, and I could see him turning Cam Newton around. But am I going to be laying money on Cam Newton early to get stuff done? No, absolutely not. No, and 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 the thing is, if you ask me to lay money down on the Patriots in general. Like if Cam Newton's your starter, listen, I, he could he could low key sneak up, but I say the problem is he like last year like we can all chalk up things to COVID, but the reality is even before COVID, like he really like outside of that MVP year he had, that was his best year, and it felt like that was peak Newton, yeah. and and ever and then Carolina had no problem moving on from it, they had no problem. And, and, and that's troubling. Like, like he was the, like, they had no problem moving on. And we saw why we went, we saw. So when I look at the Dolphins, I'm like, if Tua can be that guy, mm-hmm. like Tua could easily end up being the second best quarterback in this division. And, and, and the gap between one and two is kind of like this. And the gap between yeah. two and everybody else is kind of like this. So, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes with Miami. Absolutely. I think we'll expect big things out of Tua over the next couple of years. I just don't know if it will be year two. So I think he needs to get his feet under him this year and um, really get that jive with some of his offensive 
players. So, and, and then I think year three, I think lights out. I hope it's year two for him. I really do. But I think we'll see more out of him in year three than we will in year two, especially with the limited games he had last year. Yeah, because I believe for a good quarterback, three years, I think mm-hmm. you, you should see something. Year three, yeah. you should see something that makes you believe that you're the starter. And that's the way I felt, you know, with Cam Newton. I'm like, year yeah. three, he was, was good. But, you know, sustainability, and I said throughout his career, he could never comp- – I'm like, I just don't want to hear excuses about, oh, we didn't have wide receivers. When I look at the quarterback I'm going to talk about real, you know, soon, <laughs> is that, like, that guy in, in New England, that guy didn't always have the greatest targets either. And I'm like, I'm not trying to mitigate those wide receivers, but he didn't exactly have all pro receivers to throw to either, but somehow he was able to get to 65%. It's not it's, so. It's uh, like I said with Cam Newton. It, it feels like people are hating on Cam Newton. Like no, it's just like like listen, high school, college pros, sixty percent. You should be there. Like mm-hmm. if you're hovering, if, if people are saying you're hovering around there, that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so I would be remiss. And then, like I say, as a Falcons fan, I have to put discretion on this. You know, legal legal obligation, since it's all things Florida, I have to talk – we have to talk about the Tampa Bay Bucks. And with 11-5 and five, last year, won the Super Bowl. They brought everybody back. Yeah. It's, it, it feels like, well, like a reunion tour where it's like instinct back through. Everybody's coming back, so it should be good. And and this was a – and to me, Joe, this was, this was a top-10 offense and defense last year. Yeah. But so absolutely, they had a shaky start last year, though. You know, we look at them when they came out of the gates, they didn't even win their division. Um, they went nine and seven against the spread last year as well. Um, but they have that drive down, and there's always question marks of a Super Bowl team coming back into it next year. Will they, will the veterans be motivated again? Will they be motivated to play as hard to get there again with Brady? Absolutely. There is no way Brady is not wanting to always be the GOAT when he's playing. They're going to come out hard. Like you said, it's the same team virtually. You know, they've got Tom Brady's resigned for four years. We've got David for four years, um, Barrett, Goodwin, Gronkowski for a year. We've got Antonio Brown. This team, they have all the elements. And then when we look at the draft, um, first round pick, they upgraded their pass rusher, um, defensive rusher. So I I really like this. Um, Tyrone, I think his name is. Yeah, Joe Tryon. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think he's going to be great. They took the quarterback out of uh, Florida from the Gators, Kyle Trust. Trust. Yeah. So they took him and. Um, for him to be under Brady is fantastic for this kid. He's gonna absolutely love that. But you guys, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the box just go again, right? We've got a win total of 11 and a half. Um, I think they're gonna have almost a perfect season. And I say it right here now. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Um, I am not a Brady lover. I respect everything that he does as an athlete. He's absolutely incredible. Um, Is he my favorite player? No, (laughs) not at all. But there's no way to bet against Brady. Brady is the GOAT. He is, and I can't say anything else about him. I can't say anything bad, but um, do I want the Bucs to get there? Yeah, maybe. I'd like Brady to play one more year. I get another ring then. Um, I think he's soon to retire, so get to see him win one more. And, and you know what? I'm uh, listen. I was a Brady fan because he wasn't in this division, so I he was, <laughs> and then he I, moved uh, over. <laughs> Twenty years of like oh, that was yeah. great, and then he came over here. I'm like, ah, listen, Tom. I, twice a year, I, I can't Tom. But when, when you when I look at this team, and to me. They're just so complete. And I think I have to give credit to Todd Bowles defensively Mm -hmm. because defensively this team got better. And when, when you look at Levante David and and you look at it kind of him and then it's kind of, and and the thing is Todd Bowles knows like the Tampa two defense, he was coached under 
Tony Dungy. So he knows that defense. Yeah. And you can tell with that defense, it's just, it's just so strong. And then you saw in the Super Bowl, it, Pat Mahomes just, we can chalk it up to, oh, he was injured. No, even a healthy Pat Mahomes would have still played the same way. Absolutely. The, because the game plan of Tampa was, was pure and simple. We just get to Pat Mahomes, and you saw anybody and everybody getting in that backfield. And and when I look at listen, when I look at you know that the the high win total of you said it was eleven games. You said it was uh, eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. Jeez. And it's like, and you're like to me, I'm I'm always a guy when a number's that high. It, it pains me to say, it, but I, I saw their schedule. Look, and those Falcons games, I saw them, you know, lift. but I saw everything else. And I said, I don't think it's impossible that they could possibly win maybe 14 games. But, you know, they I'm, may, they, I'm sorry, they may rest some guys at the end if they want to. But, like, when they brought everybody back and you can't find a single flaw like no, you, there's no weaknesses. There really isn't. Their secondary just blossomed last year. Their secondary started off weaker, um, but they came out. They made some, like, incredible um, game-changing plays. Like, it was against the Saints, I believe. Um, there was one interception that just the secondary made that just solidified that win of that game. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. Was it White? I think it was White who made that interception. Yeah, it, probably was. it was, yeah, mm-hmm. like it was outstanding what the secondary did, uh, especially in the playoffs. And to, to me, when I look at this Tampa team, I'm like, look, they finished second, but some teams, I kind of look at it kind of some teams approach, you know, the NBA, even baseball to a degree. Sometimes some teams are built regular season and some are built for postseason. Yeah. It felt like as long as you get to the playoffs, no matter what seed, as long as you get in the dance, you have a shot. And and I felt like Tampa, like, started off really shaky. Like, oh, Tom Brady's showing his age. And all of a sudden, Tom Brady, he got better. And then that yeah. defense got better. And they got hot at the right time of the year towards the end of the season where mm-hmm. that momentum, like, we, we like when they went into Green Bay, like they went on the road and they they had to go to Washington. They had to go to they had to win on the road and they yeah. got hot at the right time. And and to me, I guess I guess you answered the question, but I'll ask it again. How, how likely can this team run it back and and only get to the Super Bowl, but actually win it again? I think it happens again. I hate to say it, but I think it really does. Um, I see them going all the way. I see them getting another ring. Tom Brady, I swear, check his birth certificate. There is no way he is in his 40s. <laughs> yeah. he, he's got to be, you know, 32-year-old quarterback with 100 years experience. Like, this guy is lights out. He's outstanding. He can get everything in the pocket. He makes these plays that, that he's a goat for a reason. Like, he really is the most incredible quarterback. And it pains me to say that because um, Tom Brady and I have a shaky relationship. I bet for him or against him. He likes to do the opposite when he was with the Patriots. With the Bucks, we've been fine. So I'm hoping we have a good year this year together. But um, I thought he was my kryptonite before. So we'll see what happens this season with Tom Brady. But I know he's going to do fantastic. I'm looking for a huge year. Yeah, you know, listen, and as a Falcons fan, it pains me to say the same thing because, like I say, to me, the last time we had back-to-back was the Patriots back in 03 and 04. Mm -hmm. That was the last team to do it. And I think Brady knows a little bit about that. No, just slightly, right? (laughs) I think he knows how to get – I think he knows about the Super – and and I had a stat when we talked about the Super Bowl, and I said there's been – but over 50 and I said Tom Brady has played in almost 10% of the Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Like I tell people think about that. Yeah. Like he, you know, in the history of the sport, like it's very hard to find an athlete. Maybe in basketball, you can maybe Bill Russell or somebody like that. But to play in a in almost double digit percentage of, of, of your champion, it's like 10 Super Bowls going for 
he understands because to me, Brady, the one of the greatest Brady quotes I heard, and listen, not the he said we they always ask him what's his favorite championship. He always says the next one. Yeah. Because it's like that's the mentality he brought. And and a lot of people, I think what he also did last year was that he he it, we always thought it was the the Patriot way. Mm-hmm. All those years. We we all, you know, most people thought, oh, this guy's playing under the Belichick. He's a system guy. That's that's a phrase you always hear. He's a system guy. Yeah. He goes to Tampa, does what he does, and they're like, you know what? Maybe it was the Brady way all along. Like maybe and especially after you saw how the Patriots did last year, you know, with Cam Newton, you're like, maybe Tom Brady was the system. And, and I think when you look at Tom Brady, you're like, as long yeah. as he's a quarterback in this league, it goes to show you because I think uh, somebody, I think, you know, Rachel Van Oranje, some of we both, mm-hmm. I think, I think she has said, you know, don't, you know, don't bet against Brady. And like, and, and I began to learn that really quickly. It's like, mm-hmm. like, there's no way. And then it's, it's very hard to bet against a guy who, like I said, I don't think he's in his forties whatsoever. No. Like, like, <laughs> like, I don't believe it one bit, but we look at, so I think Bill definitely deserves tons of credit. Yeah, absolutely. But we, but we look at Brady, look at who followed him. Look at these guys. He built a team that just wants to play with him. Um, I would not be shocked if Edelman comes out of retirement and becomes a box. I, I, I really do. I think that is the plan, just like with Gronk. Um, you know, we had people saying they saw these two throwing balls during the season. I actually believed that Gronk was going to come back for the playoffs for the Patriots in that final year. And then as soon as Brady was announced that he was going to Tampa, I was like, Gronk is going there. So I'm not going to be shocked if I see Edelman out on the field as well. Um, But hats off to Brady. He builds an army of people that want to play with him. They want to be under him. Um, So it's fantastic. I I really hope he has a good season. Yeah. And, you know, before we wrap up, I I do too. And, And I'll say this. When I look at Tom Brady's career, I think it's it's the ultimate story of he he still remembers like the the, the documentary called the Brady Six. It was about all six of the quarterbacks he remembered who was taken ahead of him. He remembered Chad Pennington. He remembered Spiro Wynn. He remembered these guys, and I'm like, he and I said it's stuff. He always all the championships. He still plays with that chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and he's the. He's the most accomplished, like there's no argument. He's the most accomplished player in the history of the NFL. And you could argue, you know, outside of sports, you can make that same argument. Because you got to look at Brady's two separate careers, but he has two separate resumes. He has the New England resume. He's got the Tampa resume. Yeah. He, can, he can get in the Hall of Fame in either one of those, either one. And it's like he always plays with the chip on his shoulder. And he always still wants to be the best. And like you mentioned, I would not be shocked if Julian Edelman, yeah, he's retired now. You know, so <laughs> I love the air quotes for everyone on the radio. Yeah, yeah air quotes like, is so true. Yeah, right? it's like, retired. It's like yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know. I heard Gronk was retired too. Yeah, and then he made a phone call, and like all of a sudden, like I say, the gang's back together, and yeah, and then you look at the fact that it, it to me. It's kind of like a situation where you just you, you'll take a pay cut to win a championship. Listen, Absolutely. Antonio Brown, like some of the things he did on field, I don't necessarily agree with. I but, think it was all all a scheme too to just get him where they wanted him. Oh yeah. I real I don't think I think he's uh, a very smart individual, and I think all the drama was just for drama. I don't think it was. I think it was all storyline and made up. That's yeah. just my opinion. I don't think Antonio Brown's an idiot. So. Yeah, like I say, like all the stuff, like people may agree with the tactics, but I'm sitting there and I thought about it. This man was able to leave a great franchise in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He, he ends up in Oakland. Eh, didn't work out. He ends up in he ends up in New oh, England. He, he got himself out of there easily. Easily. Just by, yeah. <laughs> he's smart, like, you guys. Like, he's a genius. It's like people say, oh, well, he, I'm like, folks. This man pulled like a heist. He he, <laughs> think about it. He's played 
he played for arguably two of the greatest franchises, you know, in the history of the sport yeah. in 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 uh in Pittsburgh and New England. And you're like, oh, he'll never get a chance. I was like, I was like, oh, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll be one of the, I'll, I'll admit, I was one of those guys. That, There's no way. And then he goes to Tampa, and I go, I see what you did, AB. I see what you did. Yeah, like, he knew exactly where he wanted to be. He wanted to be with Tom, and that was the whole goal, right? Yeah. And that's what I mean about Tom. He builds, he builds his army. Everyone wants to be with him. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like before we wrap up. It's kind of like I say with LeBron. Like people may not like LeBron. But LeBron gets these guys like, oh, it's kind of like the team's old. It's very veteran-like. But I'm like, here's what LeBron does. LeBron does similar to Brady. You want to win a championship, Le- LeBron, you're like, LeBron, you, you go to him. You'll take that one-year deal. You'll take that less money because you know your odds of winning a championship are better when you have a LeBron. In the NFL, you know you were Brady. You're going to at least – at the at the minimum, get to a Super Bowl. He's proven that. Well, so, absolutely. He doesn't he doesn't crumble under pressure. He knows he's actually better when we watch him. The harder the game, the more pressure that's on him. The more he stands out. Absolutely. And like I say, if you ask me today, I think them getting back and looking at the path of the NFC. I'm not going to say it's an easier path. I'm not going to, I want to, I don't want to mitigate any other team in, in the <laughs> NFC, but it just feels like they could get there. Like yeah. they could get there because everybody's back. And the only thing stopping them is themselves. That's it. Like, it's like you mentioned earlier, it's like the veterans, are they committed? But when you have number 12, Oh, they'll be ready. Oh, then they'll be. Oh, committed. absolutely. There's no way they're going to come in and be like, "Yeah, so we won the Super Bowl last year. Let's play soft." There's no way. That right. is not happening. They're they're even just to win the South NFC South. They're minus one seventy five. So the books know it. Everyone knows it. Um, you know they're going against the Saints, who have questions at quarterback. Winston. Who knows how he's going to be. Um, and then we got the Panthers and the Falcons. And I'm sorry, your Falcons. I think have a better chance then um the saints and the panthers so you guys i I see you guys wild card um for sure but you know the panthers we have sam darnold from the jets it's gonna be a huge question mark i know you start to laugh i think actually i believe in sam darnold i think more than the general public i think um what the media did to him on the scene ghosts and everything never would have happened to any other quarterback in the league so i'm hoping he has a better season with the Panthers. You know, you, you bring up Sam Darnold and and I, I was chuckling because I was thinking about <laughs> like the whole ghost thing. Like, I, I'll say this. I, I like how we swerved here. I, I, I love this conversation here because here's the thing. It, it's important, two things. A, this was the New York media. This is New York, one yeah. of the biggest. Now, if he was see ghost and say, Ah, Denver, we probably wouldn't be having the conversation. Yeah. I feel that Sam Darnold, and I believe him. To me, I was one of those guys who said, coming out, I said, listen, I thought he was better than Baker. I, I really did mm-hmm. because of USC. And, yeah, and I saw what he did at USC and some things there. But when I saw the Jets, I think I think Adam Gage just can't coach. I, I'll say it. He can be listening, and I'll tell him to his face, sir, <laughs> you can't coach. Like, like, like it, Ryan Tannehill, you had Ryan Tannehill and that guy left Miami. He went to Tennessee. He went to Mike Vrabel, defensive minded guy, and he got better. Like, Gase, that's, that's, and, and then you have Sam Darnold mm-hmm. and, and, and he messes it up. So I hope that Sam Darnold does go to Carolina. Cause like I said, Carolina, one of the teams who passed on a quarterback, yeah. they, I think they're committed and they traded uh, Teddy Bridgewater as well. So I think they're committed to Sam Darnold. Like, cause I, I laugh when I think about Sam Darnold and I go like, <sighs> it's funny to me how people feel, listen, yeah, you saw ghosts. Yes, sure. Yeah. If y'all saw the movie Casper, we all saw ghosts. So like, <laughs> like we all saw ghosts. It's it's just like if you saw the movie Ghost, well, you are. He was he Go was ahead. playing um, Tom Brady in that game, right? Like so, yeah. he's out there 
this kid, it's, it, it wasn't fair. It, it wasn't at all. Like he was just, he was frazzled. Um, mm-hmm. and he couldn't get anything done in that game. And for them to air that and make just a public joke of him yeah. was not, not fair. No, I, I, I didn't. And, and we joked about it, but I said to myself, I said, it's not right because I said, Sam Darnold was put in a position where, well, I know he's great, but his, when your coach is not great, you're not going to be great. And, and somehow the Jets were sold after that great resume he had in Miami. This is our guy. When, ironically, they passed on Mike McCarthy, who would have probably been maybe better. I don't know. You passed on a Super Bowl winning head coach for Adam Gase. To me, I think when we talk about Sam Darnold, you also have to talk about Adam Gase because Sam Darnold, I think going to Carolina, he, he's under Matt Rule. He's a good offensive-minded guy. And I'm, I'll be very vested in watching to see how he plays because I don't think he's terrible. Like I said, coming out, I had him – I had him – I had him – Darnold one, I had Baker two. So I, I thought Darnold was going to be great. But when he went to the Jets – I'm thinking, surely Adam Gase can't screw this up. I was wrong. <laughs> I was, and I'm like, when I saw the press conference of Adam Gase, I'm like, oh boy. And so I hopefully he gets that chance. And like I say, before we wrap up, the squeeze about my Falcons, I, I'll say this because I'll, I'll say it once and I'll say it again. Kyle Pitts was the right pick, in my opinion, because to me, the wrong pick would have been Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you get Sewell, I'm okay with that. But if we're talking, oh, Justin Fields, no. Even if you reach for defense, too high. Yeah. I think what Terry Fontenot and what the Falcons are doing is essentially saying, we know Matt Ryan give us two years. So why not give him all the help we can get? And, you know, especially, you know, given Kyle Pitts and defensively, they went defense in the second round with Richie Grant from uh, the safety from UCF. They went and got offensive line help. So did this AFC, to me, the biggest storyline would be Tampa winning it. But to me, it's the storyline of the other three teams. And two of those three storylines revolve around the quarterback position. Yeah. Because, Because to me, if you're a Saints fan, listen, and for the record, not a Saints fan, if you gave me a choice, listen, I'm not saying this to try to, to screw your team up. To me, the answer is Jameis Winston. Like, he's played more snaps at the position than Taysom Hill has his whole time in, in New Orleans. Like, mm-hmm. it's like he, and then and then Taysom Hill got his snaps when Drew Brees got hurt. But, like, look how long Taysom Hill was there and didn't really get snaps under center, direct snaps under center. Like Jameis Winston, yeah, maybe his yeah, his vision corrected. He threw a lot of picks in Tampa, but yeah, but he went. He's under Sean Payton, and what we talked about earlier with Dan Mullen, certain guys I know can coach quarterbacks. Sean Payton knows quarterbacks. I mean, he took Drew Brees, a guy that we all thought was done. We thought. And, I love and, Brees. I've always loved Brees. Full disclosure, right there. <laughs> yeah, and when you look at Drew Brees, you're like Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton. All they did was turn around that Saints franchise. Like, if you want to pick a duo, like the last 20 years of head coach quarterback, like Sean Payton and Drew Brees are in my top 10. I could argue top five because they turned around not just a team. They turned around that city. That city and football was not like – like when LSU was your biggest, you know, and and it's college, like no one believed in the Saints. They called them the Aints. Now all of a sudden they start winning the Super Bowl and championship. Oh, now let's put that S back on it. Now they're Saints again. <laughs> and, and, and to me, it's it's a remarkable and it's a great story. But if you ask me today, folks, start Jameis Winston. Like Taysom Hill is a great guy. But Jameis knows, you know, Jameis played quarterback, and I think he understands. I'm not trying to jinx and say, oh, yeah, that's that Falcons fan is trying to say, no, no, it's not one of those. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to jinx your team. I'm just trying to help you guys out. That's all I do. It's like, if you ask me the quarterback choice, go with Jameis. And see, I'm on the fence with that. I don't, I don't know which way I think they should go, to be honest with you. 
yeah, to, to me, it's still a debatable question because mm-hmm. you do have the Hill camp and you have the Winston yeah. camp. I, I go with the Winston camp because I feel that with Taysom Hill, as, as I know how talented he is, but being a full, now being a full-time quarterback, does that take away from what the Saints do offensively schematically? Where you can't put out, you can put Taysom in a slot position. You can move him around the field. So put Jameis in there. You'll get him, and you got your quarterback, and you can still use Taysom as a gadget guy. And I know they paid Taysom a lot of money. I get it. But hey, if you want to go that route, hey, that's great. But you know, my thing is, is that I'm looking at what Taysom Hill can do for you on the field offensively beyond that, beyond the quarterback position. So, so once again, Saints fans, I'm not trying to jinx your team. I'm just, you know, I'm helping you. And probably I'm going to hear from, from Falcons Nation after I get off of here. Like, did you just actually help the Saints? Like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> As I run away from the, from the, from the pitchforks. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but before we wrap up, uh, Joe, where can we find you and all your amazing work on social media? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, all of the above at Joe Madden Sports. And and folks, let me tell you, I've been following her for a while. She's she knows her stuff. And like I said, when she mentioned earlier that she knows more than the guys, listen, I know a lot of guys who think they know how to bet. But when you look at Joe Madden, you look at her stuff, it's gold. So you heard that. So that to me, that's me helping you. Like even you, even Saints fans, I'm helping everybody. I'm helping everybody because like I say, check out her work. It's absolutely amazing. And, and Joe, thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Thank you so much for coming on. Me too. It was an absolute pleasure. I hope to do it again. Absolutely. I want to once again, thank Joe Madden of Joe Madden Sports for joining me on this episode of the Sports and the World Podcast. Check her out on social media on Twitter and Instagram as well as Facebook with at Joe Madden Sports. And until you hear me again next time, I'm Ladarius. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe. You're always here from the Sports and the World Podcast.